why I've now invested in Ethereum. So for background on my investment holdings right now, I have about 30% in Berkshire Hathaway, which is Warren Buffett's company, 30% in Store Capital, which is a real estate investment trust, 30% uh, in cash, 5% in gold index fund, 5% in Bitcoin. So total 100%. What I've done now, though, is I've reduced my cash holdings to 25% from 30% so that I can hold 5% Ethereum. And that's a 5% Ether token. This brings me to 10% if I include Bitcoin and Ether tokens. Um, and I do have a much smaller amount of some altcoins, some other smaller cryptocurrencies. Uh, just a note on this podcast today, um, I'll be talking about my investments specifically with re relation to cryptocurrencies. What I've done now, though, is I'm only writing about cryptocurrencies on a different blog, which is pinotio.com. That's P-I-N-O-T-I-O.com. Uh, so you can see much more regular posts about cryptocurrency from me over there. All right, so what is Ethereum and what is Ether? So Ether is a cryptocurrency, much like Bitcoin. And Ethereum is the software platform on which Ether is transacted. So Ether is the token. Ethereum is the whole platform. Yeah, it's pretty confusing. Um, so the purpose of Ethereum, which is the platform, is a lot broader than the Bitcoin network. Um, in addition to allowing transactions involving Ether, which is a cryptocurrency, Ethereum allows you to do a lot more. So Ethereum allows you to do a lot more than what you can with Bitcoin. Bitcoin's basically just a currency. Uh, you can send it to somebody, you can receive it, and the Bitcoin network supports those transactions. Ethereum supports a lot more than just moving the Ether cryptocurrency. It allows you to build apps on the platform that are decentralized, kind of like apps on your iPhone or apps on your Android phone. Uh, for example, on the Ethereum platform, there's a crypto exchange that's built on Ethereum uh, called Uniswap. There are many more as well, like SushiSwap. But something like Uniswap allows you to exchange any one cryptocurrency like Bitcoin for another like Ether. And you can do that without a bank or without a third party or without a com uh, company behind it. It's uh, just run by lines of code. And Ethereum is those lines of code. It's the collection of all of those lines of code that support the decentralized applications like that currency exchange. Now, you can also have other applications like lending platforms. So there are apps on Ethereum that allow you to borrow Bitcoin or lend Bitcoin um, or borrow Ether or lend Ether or borrow other cryptocurrencies. In fact, a lot of the altcoins, so that means basically speaking, any crypto that's not Bitcoin or Ether, um, a lot of the altcoins are actually built on Ethereum. So to transact in many altcoins, you're actually using the Ethereum network when you make transactions or when you lend or borrow or exchange. Now, anything you do on the Ethereum platform uh, requires you to pay a fee for each line of code that's executed effectively. And that fee must be paid in Ether, which is the native currency of the Ethereum platform. It's a very quick summary of what Ethereum is. And the big, the big point really is that Ethereum is a platform. So it's, it's got a much broader goal than Bitcoin, which is focused on just being a cryptocurrency.
excuse me. So why would you invest in Ether? Well, why would I invest in Ether? Or why did I? Um, well, let's go back. Ethereum, the platform was invented by, uh, by a few people, including Vitalik Buterin, who's a young Russian-Canadian polymath. Uh, he actually was one of the Thiel Fellows, uh, which is a program started by Peter Thiel, the venture capitalist, uh, PayPal founder, and early investor in Facebook. Uh, he started a program that basically would provide uh, a grant to students instead of pursuing university to go and start their own companies. And Vitalik Buterin is one of the uh, people who were in that program. Um, anyway, Vitalik is quite a polymath. He's still a young guy. I think he's in his 20s still, late 20s. Uh, he really knows everything, not just about coding, but he's very well read in you know anything from philosophy, maths. Um, very technical guy, but broadly read. And you can read his blogs on vitalik.ca. And I recommend that. Pretty technical, but uh, you can see that he thinks very broadly and not just in, uh, say, geek terms. Now, going back to Ethereum again, and I'll finally get to the reason for why why I think it, why I've made the investment. Um, so there are owners of Ether. It's a cryptocurrency, uh, just like there are owners of, of Bitcoin. But there are no owners of Ethereum, the software platform. It's open source. Um, it's run in an open source mechanism. Um, so there's no company behind it, per se. And, and the influence that Vitalik has on it right now, it's not entirely formal. Um, he has a role at the Ethereum Foundation, which is one of the organizations that supports the growth of Ethereum, but there are others. Um, and he also has a lot of influence because people look up to him. He writes a lot of blogs. He also has got um, a lot of contributions to the code base. So he certainly has an influence. And um, I guess Ethereum is an embodiment in some ways of the ideas of Vitalik Buterin, obviously, because he was one of the founders. Um, so to get to the reason why I'm investing in in the Ethereum platform, it really boils down to, to the following, and I'll give three reasons. Um, I like Vitalik Buterin. <laughs> um, and, and Ethereum is an imperfect embodiment. So if there's a way to invest in Vitalik Buterin, I think investing in Ether, Ethereum is an imperfect way of doing that. Uh, I think it's particularly attractive because he's still very young and he has many decades left during which I think he's going to continue to contribute in ways that will compound the growth of the Ethereum network. Uh, Ether is the second largest cryptocurrency by market capitalization after Bitcoin. Um, so it's definitely not random that I'm choosing Ether as an investment. It's it's one of the biggest already. And there is... Uh, you know, network effects with cryptocurrency. So once there's one or two or three that gain adoption, it becomes increasingly hard to dislodge them. And the other factor I've considered is that there are, uh, if you if you listen to technology forward thinkers, and uh, here I would point out notably uh, Balaji Srinivasan and also Mark Cuban, they hold significant amounts of Ethereum and also Bitcoin. Um, so notably, they don't just hold Bitcoin, they hold like between like 50, 50 mixes of Ethereum, of Ether, Bitcoin, and, or 30, 70 roughly mixes. So you can see that there are others out there that are technology forward doing this. Now, a few pitfalls on Ethereum. Uh, so 
I'll mention two. The first is that fiat currencies remain very strong. And by fiat, I mean like US dollar, euro, yuan. Um, as with any crypto, I think the chance that Ether might go to zero is definitely real. Um, as Tyler Cohn pointed out recently on Lex Friedman's podcast, crypto has a lot of work to do in order to beat the US dollar. I mean, not just the US dollar, but there are many currencies out there today that actually do a decent job. Um, I think the use cases for cryptocurrency are still very weak. At best, it seems we might be able to reduce uh, the cost of remittances, so sending money to foreign countries. Uh, We might be able to reduce a little bit the costs uh, for doing currency exchange, maybe even reduce a little bit for the cost of using credit cards. Um, I mean, the cost of using a credit card is generally between 1% and 3%. So we might be able to get that down a little bit lower. Is that a life-changing matter? For a lot of people, I'm I'm not I'm not convinced on that. Uh, you can probably make a stronger case for for remittances where it's maybe high single digits to get money moved, or maybe in some cases it's not even possible to easily move money to certain countries. So there, there's maybe more room for improvement. And um, there is one crypto cello, um, which is actually a platform separate to Ethereum, but that's an example of a crypto that's very focused on on the issue of payments and remittances in in um, countries with less established financial infrastructure. So the use cases are really quite early for for crypto in general. Um, although Ethereum is the platform for use cases in many ways because it's the software on which many of these uh, apps or exchanges, as an example, or lending platforms are being built. So while I think the use cases aren't there, I think there's definitely technical progress being made um, by people like Vitalik on improving encryption and data storage, things like this. So just to be specific on that, if you if you read some of the technical papers, like the really technical ones on crypto, I think they're very good. Um, if you read the Bitcoin white paper, for example, if you read a lot of Vitalik's blogs, like one on zero knowledge snarks, um, which is a, a very efficient way to check if somebody has got a password effectively without them revealing the password. Some of this is technically very impressive. Um, and it's pretty clear to me that there's actual knowledge. Now, in some ways, like I uh, wasn't around then, but when Einstein discovered some new equations, it's, it was, still took some time for us to find ways for those to be useful. Um, and I think that's a bit my hope with crypto, which is certainly not a guarantee. But my hope here and my bet is that I can see knowledge that's being developed and my bet is that that knowledge will create value and further that that value will be reflected in an increase in the value of the ether token so yeah there're quite a few um quite a few assumptions that would need to be borne out in order for this bet to pay off now on a more technical issue um just specific to ether and ethereum the ethereum network at the moment is definitely overloaded um <laughs> The number of transactions is greatly, well, the usage has greatly increased. The number of transactions is somewhat limited. So the cost of doing transactions, the cost of running a line of code or moving uh, crypto right now, it can even go up to over $100, which is really insane. And um, 
that's a clear issue and it's it's clearly slowing adoption and it's leading to other platforms being developed that compete with ethereum but ultimately like facebook in the same way facebook uh was able to take on a lot of the good ideas from its competitors, like using stories from Snapchat. Or, um, I think that Ethereum will probably be able to co-opt um, a lot of the good ideas that come from other platforms. And because it's the largest, it will be well positioned in order to do that. So in conclusion, um, why I'm making the investment in Ether, it's it's clear to me that that knowledge is growing very fast in the crypto area so i can see the mathematical knowledge that's there what i can't see yet is the value um to society of that knowledge in a in a very tangible way but the bet i'm making is that that value will come and so i see investments in bitcoin and ethereum or ether specifically the token as ways to get exposure to this trend in growing knowledge um course as i said i might be completely wrong that this knowledge is valuable um over time and i could also be wrong that even if it is that knowledge is valuable i could be wrong that the value will accrue to the bitcoin and ether tokens and thanks for listening you can find a copy of this blog uh, a bit more condensed than what i talked about here on ronanmcgovern.com cheers